is episode 117 of the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I'm speaking with Mary S. Corning. Mary changes lives by defining the transformative power of pain. As a mentor, speaker, life consultant, and writer, she clearly and compassionately models this process through her messages and stories. Mary extends her philosophy into her world of horses where both people and horses benefit from realizing a different way to interpret challenges. Great teachers have offered support and blessings that caused a shift in Mary's perception. That shift, in turn, changed her world, and it can change yours too. Settle up for a conversation about how Mary has navigated her way through addiction and codependency, the way her education in life expanded when she met her teacher, Ray Hunt, and how we all can learn that we are enough. We are enough. Now, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horse book authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horse book. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade, and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I am so excited to welcome Mary Corning to the show. Mary, thank you for being here. Hi, Carly. I'm so excited to be here, too. It's just lovely to meet you and be a part of your podcast. Mary has written a book called Perfect Practice, a philosophy for living an authentic and transparent life. I read this book and it just blew my mind wide open, which, and I'm so excited to have this conversation. But before we dive into Mary's book, how I always like to start the show off is asking, how have horses touched your life? Wow. Well, in every way possible, really. Uh, as I write about in the book is that it completely transformed me mm. and kind of brought me home to who I originally was, who I was born to be. But I got really lost when I was young and kind of I went down some pretty rough roads and I was really looking for something that could ground me and, and bring me back to something that I could really believe in. I fell in love with the horse, the mountains and riding and the forest and, and nature. And so that all just came together to uh, lay out a path. I still am on today, all these years later. So really, they uh, introduced me to myself. In, in a way that nothing else on earth could. And, and so are you like many of the authors that, that come on the show that it's like it was there from the moment you were born, this love of horses, or did it come to you a little later through challenges? Like were you always the horse crazy girl or yeah. did horses enter your life a little at a different stage? Yeah, it's a great question because yes and no. I. I was born with it for sure. <laughs> I mean, that was something I always knew, but I was raised by a single mom who had four children in the suburbs. <laughs> it didn't lend itself 
to really taking lessons or anything. We were really uh, kind of struggling as a as a big family. And back then, you know, a single mom that wasn't as popular as it is today. And uh, so I always begged her that I wanted a horse and she would say, oh, darling, you know, all little girls dream of horses. And I thought, you know, I'm thinking this is different. <laughs> and so I ended up buying my first horse when I was 21 and uh, moved out and earned enough money. And and that story is is there to be read. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that is the thing, like the desire to own a horse. I, I I think I started working when I was 16 at like a music store in order to afford my horse during tumultuous family situations where yeah. you know I I was also our a child of divorce and but uh-huh. it taught me responsibility and the, and there there was that that what you touch on so much in your book which we're going to get into is like that connectivity. Yeah, it just gives you a place to go, but it also teaches you so much responsibility and horse ownership. So good on you. 21, go get that horse. You don't care about the parties and the boys. You're all about like connecting. Oh, with no, horse. I was totally into parties and boys. Yeah. That... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's in the book, too. No, it it's actually funny enough that it saved me from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I moved out very young. I was 15 when I moved out. And so by the time I was 21, I had my own business and I was, uh, you know, making my own decisions. So it was a it it was a very non-traditional, let's say, uh, childhood Mm. and and uh, into early adulthood. So but you're right. It So the responsibility I'd kind of already put that into my life by being a business owner and moving out early and doing those things. The horse gave me freedom. Mm. It gave me freedom from everything, mm-hmm. from my own insecurities, from my own not enoughness. It's mm-hmm. like, that's what I meant when I said, when I was with the horse, I came home. Mm-hmm. I meant like home here, you know? What I love about this is is you've created something from a painful past and a bumpy childhood, and you've like invented yourself around this. <laughs> so you change lives by defining the transformative power of pain. And I think you've already touched on pain a couple times, like yeah. in, in this conversation. Talk with us about your work and like and 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 how you took pain and created something transformative for others and what services do you offer how do you how do you beyond you know the book yeah. is one one way but like how are how are you using what you've learned to help other people that's an important point that you bring up because that to me talks about the application mm-hmm. so we have these experiences and these amazing epiphanies and that but if it doesn't transform our lives if if we're not able to transfer that into the application, it kind of gets lost. And then uh, habit and patterns and that return and, and somehow dilute that amazing power that we found when we found that freedom. You know, I have a very kind of pit bull mentality. When I love something, I go all the way. And I just felt compelled to share with other people how 
this can apply in your life. So it started with the horses, but then it I started working with people and their horses, because as you probably know, and many of your authors have shared, that it, the horse isn't the problem. Mm. You know, it's the, it's the relationship there. Mm-hmm. It's They're fine without us, you know. <laughs> and then when we come into it, there's this relationship. So I realized that really early in my horse life. And especially with my my mentor and my teacher and what he offered. So I started seeing that if I applied the same heart, and that's an important word, that I felt with the horse to my human relationships, I thought I wouldn't think of a horse that way. If 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 he kicked me, I'd wonder what I did to get in his way. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I would be taking responsibility for my life. And so as it evolved, I started telling people about this and, and it grew kind of organically into this working with people more than working with horses. And, uh, I still work with both. I work independently with a horse or a person and also with people and their horses, because it's all the same to me. It all the same wisdom applies. And and that wisdom, I mean wisdom, not knowledge. I mean that comes from the person. So specifically, to be um, kind of practical, I people send me videos sometimes with their horses, and I talk with them uh, like we are here, mm-hmm. person to person. Uh, People come to my home where I have my office and I do personal sessions Mm -hmm. with folks. And I have some lovely long-term clients that I'm proud to say are long-term because this isn't an end result kind of work. It's not the seven habits of, you know, healthy people and then you're done. It's it's this growing, organic, uh, evolving kind of. And so then I also uh, help some folks uh with their horses to understand the horse more. I'm not a trainer. I'm not a riding instructor. In fact, I don't do anything like that. But I do work with horses daily. And uh, the transformative power, usually the horse has introduced the pain. (laughs) And the person says, I can't do this anymore. He's bucking me off. Mm. And that's the pain that brings them to a different way of seeing things. And that's really the bottom line of what I do. I don't tell them anything they don't already know. I just help them see things differently and they find their own answers. Yeah. As I read your book, it's about the relationship with others, particularly horses, but also the relationships that we have with our with ourselves. I, I mean, yeah. you oh, you yeah. really pulled back the veil and got really... honest about you know about our humanity and how we're entering the world and the relationships that we have and you use horses as like the catalyst which is they're a perfect funnel for that kind of work you know you have to be in the moment with them and so much of what I read through your book was about being in the moment and grateful and appreciative and I it just really resonated with me so why you know, talk with me about your teachers and talk with me about like, 
why you decided to take this on. I mean, I, I know you, you mentioned you had a challenging childhood mm-hmm. and there was, you know, some substances that came into the yeah. picture for you. So, so talk like what sparked this, you know, why horses, who are your teachers? How did you get on this path? Because, you know, that's a very, this is a awesome shift and like yeah. a positive direction yeah. that you created for yourself. But like, how, how, how did you do that? Yeah. How that's, that's a good one. Yeah, no. <laughs> How did that happen? How did I get here? Um, but um, well, I was all the only word that comes to heart is grace. Mm. Uh, that I really somehow was graced by meeting uh, a man who would help me to. Uh, actually, the book is dedicated to my teachers and. Uh, the the main one being Ray Hunt, and I I don't know how that came to be, but I bought my first horse. I had never had a horse. I did, I used a uh, area rug for a saddle pad. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I knew nothing. You know, and I bought a mare off a dude string. So when I took her off that dude string, it was every man for himself, you know, and I mean, she was going to kill me, you know, and uh, so I was in this corral and this trainer gal was in there and she said, you know, I might be able to help you. And I said, oh, thank God, somebody, (laughs) you know. And she said, uh, well, she was an absolute Ray Hunt devotee. Mm. and uh she said you gotta meet ray oh i get it sorry i get no, it no that's like a magic moment like and and good on you for noticing and being like okay this this part this thing is happening to set me up on this path to go in oh, this yeah. direction to meet this person who is going yeah. to have an influence on my life i mean that yeah. that's like the magic but you and to- he's still that was oh gosh i'm gonna age myself here but uh, nearly 40 years ago. <laughs> That's a long time path, you know, mm-hmm. and, and still Ray is with me every moment, every moment. I even have uh, my, I have a uh, two-year-old filly that was uh, out of his mare. And oh. uh, I've just, it's the most deepest gift a gal could imagine to has still have that connection through the horse, you know, Mm -hmm. it's powerful. But anyway, that started the path uh, because when I saw Ray Hunt, and I don't know if you've uh, had the pleasure of seeing Ray work with horses or seeing videos of it, but, uh, you know, he'd be in with, they'd bring him a bunch of renegades, Mm -hmm. you know, he'd be in this round pen with 10 colts, that and he looked like a, a guru, you know. I mean, these horses looked like I felt. Mm. Okay, so I was coming in as a renegade too, as you remember. Mm-hmm. So I was. I mean, I was a scrapper, you know. I was like, I was Western. Nobody was tougher than me, mm-hmm. you know. I could drink you under the table, <laughs> and I uh, was proud of it even. And then I saw Ray. And I saw those horses look like I felt. And then I saw those horses soften Mm. and settle 
and move like the wind, you know, and their eyes were full of, of faith, you know, and trust for this guy sitting on the horse with a toothpick in his mouth, you know, <laughs> and, and I was mesmerized. It changed me right then and there. And I thought I am never leaving him. <laughs> And that, and that's wonderful. And, and maybe for listeners who maybe in a different, in different discipline or, you know, Mm -hmm. work with horses in a different way, can you, would you sum up what Ray's work did and then now how you're carrying it forward? That would be wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I love to talk about Ray, actually, Um, (laughs) his, his beloved wife uh, endorsed the book. Uh, It's, it was, I know, really important to Ray to, let this wisdom we make it our own Mm. it's not it's not his he pointed us to it and so ray hunt uh came on the scene very early uh long long before any horse whisperer was you know popular the the book or the movie came out long in you know early 60s i guess is uh i don't know i can't say for sure that was when but he was starting to do these clinics with people and he had met his teacher who was tom dorrance tom showed ray ray was pretty cowboy and tom showed him uh that he could gentle that down and come from a more intuitive place a more real place not so much a get her done kind of thing but a holistic better the life of the horse mm-hmm. and and Ray just happened to have a horse that uh as cowboy as he was this horse couldn't be rode so it, when he met Tom was kind of like when I met Ray you know it was he was in need of that and Tom just walks in and is like horses are a bunch of lambs you know so there was uh, an understanding that uh, there was another way. Mm. And he then made it his life's work. And I've never known a human being in all my life that was more dedicated to anything than Ray Hunt was to the horse and given him a better deal. Your book is so interesting. I, what I love is you share quotes from Ray, like a man of few words. And then like the fact that he even took on teaching like this awareness of yourself and awareness in a relationship with a horse, oh. like he couldn't do a manual on that. It's like almost you have to see to believe it, but you have to then take it on and be it. And you are being what he taught you, which is what your book is very much about. Ray would say, to use a quote, I can't teach this. Mm-hmm. I can only make you aware of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So segue then how I wrote the book, the, 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 how the, the inspiration in it was that it be an experiential book. This is not a technical book. It's not a self-help book. It's not, it, it isn't intellectual. The way that I wrote the book was to tell a story that would bring the reader into this emotional uh, empathy to be able to relate to it. And, oh, I've been there. I know how hard that is. And they're reading and they're there in that emotional state. And then I bring the wisdom piece. 
so that that wisdom piece can be like a seed and mm. and be planted in a relatable way. And I can't speak for anyone else, but that's how I learn. I learn through experience and I learn by um, here more than here. And and I know not everyone is that way. Many people need steps and, uh, you know, dogma and that. And, and that's good. That's a path that that leads usually to even a deeper way of being. But what I offer in the book is is an experience that brings the reader home like the horse brought me home. And and that would be that the, the one thing that I hope that they would gain from it is that they would know themselves better mm. and that they would be open to knowing the horse better and they'd be open to knowing their family better or their boss or even maybe their nemesis, mm. <laughs> you know, is is so that that relatability that and to me, this is brings in the unity which, uh, you know, Ray spoke of harmony and Tom Dorrance spoke of unity, the name on their books. How do we do that if not from the heart? Not going to make it happen. You got to let it happen. Exactly. And that's what I love so much about your book. It was an exploration almost of separating the 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 mind that thinks too much and you have conversations with yourself and settling like here in the heart. And letting that guide you, uh, particularly in a relationship with a horse, but it, but the work that you've done and the teachers you had has extended all the way across. Like I heard appreciation for nature. I heard just self-love like that is even a huge component here. Like when you, when you settle down and you get out of your head and you sit with the heart, like you can actually find love for yourself. And I think we, we don't do that enough. Right. Would you agree? Would you agree that this is a this has been an adventure and coming, like you said, coming home, but yeah. like remembering to love yourself. Like I, I got a lot of that in the book. Is what it- is more important? Mm. What is more important? Because we want, we've been taught and we uh, want to go out and love our horse or love others. But what, you can't give what you don't have. 100%. You know? So you you have to cultivate, and I now at this stage in my life, I hope I would love to see another book come in this stage of my life because now I'm to a place where I'm not separating out, I love this or I love that. I leave that off, I love. Mm, I love you that. Know. And yeah, <laughs> see, it grows. I know. I know, absolutely. Like, let's let's have a love fest here. It's a like, love like, fest, yeah. Like, get out of the head, get into That's the heart, right. and just love and accept and and be with it. I, I, you know, it's so interesting. I think that's like that's why horses are so special to me, or you know, animals, dogs, like anything. Like, what I love about them is they're now, right? And where humans yeah. are is we're always future thinking or chasing oh. the dangling carrot. And we miss so much because we're trying to get somewhere like the beauty. And that's what your book really talked about. It's like the beauty is in the moment, you know, like this conversation, how we're talking with each other, that we're even talking about this is beautiful. Like how, how we found each other. There's like magic all over. I know like, you know, you found Ray through somebody who recommended him and he became your teacher 
you know, I know I, we were connected through someone that had, you know, Lisa Dearson of the Equus Film and Arts Festival yeah. said, talk to Carly. Now yeah. here we are. I read your book and I was like, she knows what she's talking about, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Well, so, I tell you, I can know what I'm, this is important. I want to interject. Mm. I can know what I'm talking about completely because it's my experience. Yes. See, I can't debate like intellect, mm. you know, that can be, look at our world. Mm. Everybody has ideas and, and perceptions and concepts and, and, and all we do is separate further and further and further. But we can each bring to the table our experience and offer that up. And who can debate it? So based on the work that you've done, and what which is so incredible is you 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 got really raw and you shared your own personal story. But I think it's an adventure everyone can relate with because we're all thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like the and I think horses are definitely a conduit to coming with our hearts first. But like what would you say? What what after doing this and really thinking about it, because it's a you have to keep coming back to like the work you're doing. Like yeah. it, if you don't use it, it goes away. Yeah. So you have to remind yourself of it all the time. Like what, what would you say would be the best way to heal some of the siloed separation things that are happening in humanity? Like, because we, we're a herd, <laughs> you work with a herd. Like what, like, what do we do? How do we? Oh, God, I love, I love that you asked that. <laughs> How courageous, you know? <laughs> Lovely. More people should ask things like that because, because yeah, let's talk about it. And I, it's very simple. That's part of the problem. Mm. It's very simple. And the mind likes things complicated. Mm. And then we want to go into all these intricacies about, he said, she said, we did, you know, it needs to be this way or that. And we get more lost. Mm. So I can make it very simple. And in fact, that is my work. It is very simple. That does not make it easy. It's difficult because we are in the habit of being complicated. And it's the same with the horse. It's the same with the horse. Um, and so the, for me, in, in verbiage, of course, is kind of difficult because people have their own reactions to certain words. But you said a word separated that, you know, what would... And and as my teachers talked about unity, right? So we have separation and we have unity. And I like to boil those two down and find the cause, okay? Because we're not going to help a problem by talking about its effects. Mm. We want to get to the heart of it. And for me, I think separation, which I use the word fear. Hmm. A lot. It's fear is what separates us. That's why people come with their horses because they're afraid. They don't know what to do next because they've they've acquired all this fear. And another great word is resistance, right? And so the horse has the same uh, mirrored experience. They're full of resistance because they're full of fear. So, and, and people divorce and families and addiction and, uh, you know, politics and religion and every, you can look anywhere in humanity, in any country, 
in any culture or walk of life. And you will see that separating ourselves from each other and using this resistance to stay separate is at the core of the problem. Mm. So what is it the cure? So the cure is that we take care of our little piece of real estate. That we, and this is a big theme in my book, I won't settle for separation. It may come. I may, I've had lots of people come in and give me practice. You know, I wrote, there's a chapter about it where I was at a clinic and there was someone there who we were separate and I got scared. I mean, it's it happens, but I won't settle for it. So I always come home to what I know to be consistent and true within myself. And the only thing that can be consistent in tr and true in myself is my heart. Mm -hmm. Because this body changes, my ideas change, my practices change. In the horse world, people will often go from one practice to another, or one trainer to another, or they, they're flitting around all over, you know, but they're leaving the most important factor, which is themselves. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Well said. And that, and that is the truth. It's like a calling back to yeah. ourselves and our, like our hearts and like being grateful for us, like uh, as humans. Yeah. And I, I like, I love that. I mean, and I also loved in your book too, you talked about exactly what you just talked about there but like you you had that experience with the woman that you know the friendship kind of dissolved yeah. but you were able to be with her in yeah. love you didn't get yeah. it all these meanings and even when you had a relationship that ended yeah it, you under you rather than avoiding it or making all these things wrong about it or saying all the things that you were you know that that could come up from a human yeah. mind you were just like okay it's time and I do this in love and I'm, I'm, it's like the seat of the soul almost. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. right. That's exactly what it is. And it is the creation of life. Mm. I mean, life has to be created from something that's positive and abundant, <laughs> yeah. right? It's not going to come from something that detracts or separates or kill it's it's so simple. It's like Tom Dorrance used to say, it's written on the side of the barn. <laughs> I'm curious, like, what is the best part of this work that you're doing? But on the flip side, what is the most difficult part about it? Because I like, I feel like there's in the work that you do, there's no excuses to be like unconscious or not like aware. So it's like constantly reminding yourself to have awareness. Like, so, so what's the good, what's the good part? And what's like the more difficult part? The good, bad, and the ugly, huh? <laughs> well, the good part, the great part, is that it is endless. Oh. It's so fun because we think in terms of limitations, or the mind does, you know. And and what I have, uh, what I live, it never ends. It just expands, and every day it's just. It's unbelievable, really, uh, sometimes. So I've known some people that come to the end of their lives and they look back and they still have an empty box, you know? And I don't even have a box. Mm -hmm. There's no end to it. And, and that is the 
greatest reward. And my horses, by the way, because I, I, I actually do some blogging and things like that, too, where I share my, my own personal experience with my horses. They don't have a box either. No, there's no end note. There's no finished horse. They're not thinking about that. Right. They're just, they just want to go jump the moon, you know. And eat some hay. <laughs> yeah, on the way. Yeah. But I mean, the what the work that I do with horses, they'll leave their hay for this. Mm, oh, amazing. heck yeah. They want it. It's good stuff, you know. <laughs> At, but you're not probably going to go win a ribbon or, you know, go to the Olympics. I mean, that's all good stuff, too. But it's not this stuff that mm. I'm talking about. Because then when you win the ribbon, you go home and, and you have a ribbon. You know, so this that I'm talking about is relationship. It goes and goes and, and grows. And it's anyway, it's a gas. So that's the best part. And sharing it with others is the most important calling in my life. That's why something had me write that book. Something had me write it. I did not write the book to be a writer. <laughs> I was already a writer. I journal all the time. I love to write. I blog. I journal. I, I can't not write. I write constantly. But I had to publish a book because I had to share it. So the hard stuff. Yeah. The hard stuff. And there is a lot that comes up. That is kind of when I want to share something from the heart and the heart is closed. It's closed for business. And people are stuck literally in this mind that is pushing back and resistant. And and I can tell you the words that I hear on a weekly basis. Is, yeah, but what if? And if only. And 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 all of those words when I and many, many others that now I could just hear them. No longer do they trigger so much because I just know who's talking. And so then I have to kind of sit back and there again, look at him like a horse, you know, like, what would I, if the horse was blocked, how would I deal with this? Mm. And I always want them reaching, reaching for more. If they'll reach, I can open the gate. But if they are closed, then uh, I literally kind of feel it's funny because I don't have a degree, thank goodness, because in in psychology and in counseling, you're not allowed to have an emotional relationship with your clients. So I would fail miserably because <laughs> I love them all, you know, uh, so I kind of it's more of a spiritual uh, sharing or life coaching or mentorship. A relationship. And so I feel uh, some sadness when there is such a history of pain that I can't. And I mean, I am working with a horse right now that is coming 20 and he bucked his person off his whole life. <laughs> and he's draft cross. I mean, this Whoa. dude buck, you know, and I said, I will work with him. But there will be no agenda and no timeline. And what I have had to do with that is literally stripped down. And I people think I'm trying to make a Liberty horse because I'm riding bareback without 
a rope or a halter, anything. Mm -hmm. But the truth is a great metaphor. The truth of it is I stripped down the halter and the rope and the saddle and got rid of all those false sense of control that humans had tried to control him with. I can't control him. And he proved that by putting his owner in the hospital. Right. Yeah. And so you're not going to do it that way. But one of the most powerful questions I've ever asked is there must be another way. So I started going back and back and back. And now I'm naked. Well, not literally. (laughs) It is me and him. The magic is intense. Oh, yeah, because because you're taking off all the expectations like that's yeah. the ch- the chapter. It, it wasn't with uh, Fargo. No, no. Or maybe it was Poco. I can't, I'm trying to remember where you... I love that, you know, my horse's name. Oh, my gosh. There are such <laughs> yeah. big characters in your book. But yeah, but like where you were actually just being was it Poco or was it Fargo? Were you just being with them? Like you went and like did some chores and fixed a fence and you oh know, and, yeah and, that was Fargo when he was a yearling yeah, yeah like you yeah. just went and did stuff together build a fence them with them build a fence with them I love right. that isn't that what Ray Ray Hunt told you uh, no yeah. it was this fella that I really respect I was at a Tom Dorrance clinic and there was a guy there on a a, a real tiger stallion not a captive tiger stallion the one that came out of the wild tiger Mm -hmm. and uh he was riding this and i had great respect for this man and during the break he was sitting on him and i was talking to him and i said i had this yearling that didn't want anything to do with me and and you know cowboys oh yeah so he says well build a fence with him and he rode away (laughs) and i'm like yeah okay I'll do that. <laughs> what I the heck it. did there he was, just mean? There's you know? so much in that, though. And I love what yeah. you did with it. Like, you pondered it. You kept thinking about it. But, like, the truth of it is, like, be with him. Like, go, yeah. do, go do stuff. Like, Ooh, and I love Irrigation pipe. Yeah. I changed the oil in the pickup. Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> I know. It was, but it was awesome. Like, because if we just put relationships animals people whatever in like this box like if we don't invite experience or like being with each other I I, and that's what I loved about you like so much of it was the the your book is like being with yourself and like loving yourself but then like when you when you sit in that place you can then extend it out and be like okay Fargo I'll take you to fix the irrigation pipe and that he'd want to go yeah and today he's he's my riding horse and he's 26 oh my heart horse without a doubt well they all are but he's mm-hmm. my riding buddy you know mm-hmm. yeah and he takes care of you you've created the kind of connection oh, yeah where, like it, there was even a chapter about this in your book where where cr- some crazy things happen like a goat came out of the field but because of <laughs> yeah. grounding yourself yeah. in the relationship you had with him like he he, he yeah. was not he didn't do the normal horse thing yeah because you had a connected relationship and he you guys worked together through a scary situation it actually happened this last week with my two-year-old I'm not even riding her yet but I I'll sit on her back bareback uh quite a bit have been for quite a while and uh but don't ask anything of her (laughs) and the dog went arcing that we live in the 
woods and there's lots of wild animals out here, you know, and the dog ran out and it was her first spook. And I was just sitting on her, just sitting on her bareback, you know, we weren't doing anything and she jolted, you know, and that was it. It yeah. was over. Yeah. So it was like a small thing. And yeah. She well, I jolted to too. The dog jolted. Of every, you know, And that's an important piece. Oh, I could go on forever. I won't. But, but that's important about fear. This mm-hmm. is key elemental. Mm-hmm. That is an example that fear is supposed to be temporary. Mm-hmm. It has a purpose. You know, we're, but human beings they end up habituated in fear and they don't let something pass. They don't let something happen and then it's over. But horses are geared that way. They'll just go back to eating their hay, you know? And, and while I was on her back, I was like, Oh, I'm really glad I didn't screw that up in her yet. (laughs) Hopefully I won't. That's a great story. I'm so glad that you pointed that out about fear. Yes, be, you know, being fear driven, like that's why I feel like there's so much illness and so much sickness yes. and so many, you know, like why why we can't get out of our heads because you're like I love that you said fear is supposed to be temporary. We're not yes. supposed to live in this constant state of fear. Fear is yes. there to protect us. Yes. It's our animal instincts. It's yes. innate in us, but like you, we shouldn't hold it and carry it all the way through. So the work that you're doing is acknowledging fear, but like opening, opening up so you can see like there's so much more available to you when you stop living and spinning your wheels in fear. Like that's, that is key. That's key. And it does change your health. Oh, it does change. You live longer, happier, healthier. It changes every aspect of life. Absolutely. So if you could go Back in time, before you met your teachers and like discovered this conversation about like tapping into like a, like the universal energy is kind of what I want to say, like getting out of the head and getting into the heart. Like, what would you tell yourself before you discovered this work? Or what do you wish you had known? I live in the past very often. (laughs) Good. Okay. Fantastic. Don't live in the past. Like, don't go back there. (laughs) But I can say what I would tell someone who is young because I work with youth. You know, I, I have a client that started when she was 16. I think she's 25. And it's so fun to, you know, to offer some of this up. And it for myself, it's no different. It, I would tell my teenage self the same thing I tell them. It's you are enough. You know, you say it again for us, please. I think we all need to hear that one more time. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I am enough. I am um, is such a powerful statement. I am. And we fill in the blank with all this uh, noise, you know, but I am enough. And there's a great story in the book. I won't do a spoiler, but uh, where I really learned that I had to look at what was I trying to be enough for? Like that's the carrot at the end of the stick that you talk about, that we're trying to be enough. And then, like I said, I I know these people that are coming to the end of their life with the empty box because they never even knew what they were trying to be enough for. Mm. Yes, it's it's empty. But right now I go in 
anywhere. I could talk to the Pope about this, you know? I could go anywhere and feel like I am all right already. But like I say, what I offer my clients and well, my husband tells me it's client, friend, family. I say the same thing to everybody. You know, it's not different one place or another. But what I offer is that right here, everything is provided. We have everything. We are enough. And as we accept that and see it, it expands. Oh, that is lovely and wonderful and the premise and the basis of of your book but also I mean I think we all need to hear that I am enough or we all need to say it to ourselves I am enough and thank you for sharing that on this show and how lucky are we that horses are an enabler for us to get to that space because they love us no matter what right and they offer that feedback right like if they're mad you know right they offer it they offer it like ray offered his wisdom Mm -hmm. but there has to be a taker good point you know yeah and and that's the whole journey for me is i had i could see outside of me but i had to learn that's the application Mm -hmm. i had to allow it in that sure. I'm proud that I quit drinking, that I don't drink alcohol. I'm I'm proud that I don't engage in debate and angry discussion. I'm proud. It's what somebody asked me on a comment on my Facebook the other day. That horse's name is Bubba, that big draft renegade, you know. <laughs> and she said, um, can you say one thing you did? Because he transformed and I share it, right? So all the people are watching the transformation on my Facebook. And she said, can you say one thing that changed Bubba? Because he's obviously changed. One thing you did. And I said, sorry, I can't. But I have a whole list of what I didn't do. Mm. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's that's it yeah we're too busy doing we have to start uh, and ray would always say can you do less and now i'm asking myself can i do nothing (laughs) i love that yeah and the truth is yes and that's why i'm riding him and everybody's singing the praises because bubba's like oh finally she shut up yeah i have a chance the energy and the crazy stops. Yeah. It's almost like getting centered and like, because when you come to a horse with a whole lot of crazy, if you come to oh, them yeah. and try to be as blank as possible, yes. like they, they will show up for you. But it sounds like you, you gave Bubba like a clean slate yeah. again, without all your emotional, like karma and energy in there. Like what you said, like what I didn't do, yeah. you know, can I do nothing? Like that's the essence of a solid relationship. Right. And I would only correct you in saying, sure, Bubba gave it to me. Oh. I didn't give it to Bubba. Yes. And that's throughout the stories. Oh. I'm the receiver of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm the receiver of this. Thank you. My oh, God, yeah. what a gift. <laughs> Listen to us. I just talked to you all night long. I know. I feel like we could go on for hours and oh, hours. Oh, we and hours. could. I know we could. But, you know, 
but but you're giving me this it's it's you know I, I laugh because people say it's all about you isn't it and I said who else would it be about <laughs> yeah you know oh. and then that's something that then I'm fulfilled and I get to give that back then it's real it's true it's not made up it's not an empty box and you know what one time oh, a little short story about this. Uh, I had a nine-year-old uh, girl in session with me in a mm. personal session. And we were talking about labels and how, you know, when you're labeled, it's really difficult to get over that. We start to wear it like a gown, you know. And I said, yeah, I'm not big on labels. I said, I don't even know what to tell people what I do for a living nine years old and she'd been talking with me about an hour i'd never met her before and she sits and she says why don't you just call it mary's best hmm. and i thought that's all it is you know leave the doing to the effect you know and then that's what follows you just hmm. You just give your heart the best that you can at your level and and level up, mm -hmm. you know, level up. We're not done. We're not here to park. Yeah. No, you start there and then you keep building upon that. But it's it, it takes something to have that kind of awareness. So you have to like constantly remind yourself of it. And for me, the greatest reminder is like nature, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so I just look, I look out and I'm like, that is being right. Like yes. let me just be and be being rather than bringing all this clutter. Yeah. I, I mean, like humans, we do it to ourselves, right? Like cre created all this stuff. Boys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's like, well, yeah. The, the uh, title of the book uh, is funny. Cause I've gotten a lot of responses about that title, mm -hmm. depending on what, the person's standpoint is but um ray said something once that really drove that title home to me he said practice doesn't make perfect perfect practice makes perfect so if what that meant to me was that if i continue to practice what is ineffective i'll be very good at being ineffective and I was, I was building ranches, you know, I had a beer in one hand, cigarette in the other. And I don't even know how I ever built a fence, you know, I was, but I was good at it. I was very effective. I had three businesses. I was successful. We call it looking good, going nowhere, you know? And, uh, but when I realized that my whole life, looking back, I had practiced being ineffective. It took so much less effort to be effective. And that's why I named the book that was that that practice is what's important. And that's what I offer as a mirror to people that come and, and visit with me. Mm -hmm. I offer a practice, a consistent practice. They show up. I say, I can't help you if you don't show up, mm -hmm. you know. Just show up. Even if we didn't talk, showing up is enough. 
because you're showing up for you because this time is all about you. It's not about the kids. It's not about the husband. It's not about the horse. This is about you. And, you know, so that's why it's not enough to have the wisdom. You have to practice it. Absolutely. And beautifully said. Perfect practice, a philosophy for living an authentic and transparent life. I, I, I just, it's, it was eye-opening. It was awakening. I, I, this is the world I want to be in. Mary, thank you for contributing <laughs> your words and your experiences and, and for continuing to pass what you've discovered on and, and teaching people to love themselves and kind of slow down and like, let's stop the noise. Yeah. I, I just love that. I have so appreciated you being on the, the show today. And I would love to have you on again, because I feel like we could yeah. pick a topic and really oh. dive into it. That would be a lot of fun. I did anytime. <laughs> oh my gosh, for real. But like, what, what's next for you? Like, where are you heading with this? Like, what's, what's next? Are you going to take it to that next tier and like expand? And, and like, what are you thinking? Are, what projects do you have in mind? Or, or are you just going to keep practicing? Perfect practice. That's a good question. If we only knew what was next. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be a million dollar knowing. I'm excited in the short term. I know there's a book percolating uh, in me. You know, I'm writing. I can't stop. And that usually (laughs) tells me that uh, I better start a manuscript because it's just otherwise, you know, I'm I'm flooding the blogs, right? You know, mm-hmm. so I'm rounding the corner into the stage of my life. I'm starting my what's probably going to be my last horse, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, not last, but certainly probably my last colt. <laughs> yeah, you know? well, and, they live, I mean, they live like my like your heart horse, my yeah. heart horse. I she's been with me since my twenties. She's like twenty years wow. old. Like that's a long. Yeah, part of life. It's like, a long relationship. Yeah, it is, yeah. and and, and yeah. I love that you're thoughtful about that too, right? Yeah. You know, this might be my last cold. Yeah, because, because yeah. I feel like you're being mindful about the length of their life, right? And like yeah. the relationship you build. It, it, it those are things to think about, and, and the value. Yes, the value that that brings. Mm-hmm. That when you know that there's not this infinite number of days left then you pick and choose and 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 that's important in my future uh is that i choose wisely that i apply my time uh this is absolutely uh essential mm. that in my life i live this that i share i <laughs> good know. well and thank you right like this this is where it starts it's the little seeds you learn something you're passing it on you're sharing it you're growing it you're creating a wave like yeah. you know it's like you, we can't tackle the whole world but like these little yeah. ripples and waves yeah. have an impact and thank yeah. you for thank you for writing this book thank oh, you for thank coming you, on the show thank you for sharing what you've learned uh, we will do another, but in the meantime, will you let listeners know where they can find out more about you, the work you do, and your book? Well, the, okay, this is the technical part that I kind of <laughs> fall short. Um, I know it's on Amazon, <laughs> uh, but I actually have some special edition books that uh, I send out personally. 
Uh, and they can, if that's something of interest, they can find the book and some blogs and some other things on my uh, webpage. Mm -hmm. And that's just simply my name, marycorning.com. You know, I'm having so much fun in the barn. I don't usually get on the computer much. High so. five, girl. Like, <laughs> I'm on the same page with you. Like, go out and be in life rather than yeah. sitting behind a computer or yeah. being on your phone. Yeah. And and I have to say, I, I mean, Mary sent me a copy and she signed it with, like, this this lovely, this lovely signature here. And there was a beautiful card in it. I mean, you're just thoughtful. Like, I felt your love before I even met you oh. just by how thoughtfully like our communication was before we set this up. So like that, we need more of that in the world. And I really appreciate yeah. that. So, well, I'm you. all in Carly, you, <laughs> you call me up. We'll chat anytime. I love it. You're a great interviewer. You have excellent questions and without a doubt, your heart is all in mm. and I have an enormous amount of respect for you. Oh, Mary, thank you so much. I'm so thank touched. You. <laughs> thank you for the gift of your time. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and writing, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes. And make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlycadecreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle.